welcome to Travel Notes, a show where we use music as our medium to explore ways in which we are all connected. You are listening to Ohm Radio, Charleston's first and only community-supported radio station, and I'm your host, Grace McNally. It's my great pleasure to have on the air this evening Dan Rosenberg, who is a Toronto-based journalist, music producer, and he's traveled to more than 40 countries, countries, producing reports for The Rough Guides, The Times, The Huffington Post, Cafe International, Toronto's Classical FM, Afropop Worldwide, NPR's Artbeat, CBC News, and other radio programs as well. He's um, produced over 60 critically acclaimed recordings, including Yiddish Glory, The Lost Songs of World War II, which I believe we will listen to one of those um, today on, in the episode. I'm so happy you popped into Ohm Radio's inbox and shared this incredible compilation of Ukrainian music and interviews with musicians, Ukrainian musicians. So it's a great pleasure to just that to have happened and then also to be sharing it with our listeners. And hopefully people will experience, you know, a different perspective like we were talking about off the air um, of what's going on right now in Ukraine through the eyes of the artists and musicians. A few years ago, and this one didn't ever get finished, and one of the things that struck me is the incredible diversity of Ukrainian music. And sadly, how rarely we get to hear it here. And, and some of that is for historical reasons, um, being part of the Soviet Union, while much of this music wasn't banned, although in the 1930s under Stalin, some of it was. Um, but historically, this certainly was never supported the way a country, if you think even a poor country, you'll have conservatories, you'll have music festivals, you'll have institutions that support music. So if you don't have your independence, your country, that's one of the things that is at stake right now right. Uh, in this war. And when I started, one of the bands that was my favorite was, is a group called the Hudaki Village Band. Yeah. And they're a nine-member folk ensemble from the Carpathian Mountains in southwestern Ukraine. And they came into international prominence back in 2013. And they were performing during the protests that erupted in Kiev and Maidan Square in response to then-President Viktor Yanukovych's decision for closer economic ties with Russia as opposed to the EU. He wanted to sign that trade deal um, with the Russian Federation and, and reject the will of most Ukrainians who wanted to join an economic partnership with the EU. And there were these dramatic videos at the time of the Hudaki Village Band playing in that square in the midst of these protests. And they're playing cymbalum and clarinet and accordion and singing while surrounded by riot police. Wow. And, of course, those are the same protests that um, there was lots of violence and snipers and dozens were killed. And Yanukovych was overthrown and fled. And weeks later, Russia invaded and seized Crimea, and we've known what's happened in the years since. Yeah. Um, a few weeks ago, I got a voice memo from the Hudaki Village Band's clarinetist, Yuri Bukovinets, and maybe we can play that up next. And he was describing what life is like for the band um, in the Carpathian Mountains, and especially what life is like for the internally displaced. We hear a lot about refugees, um, the millions and millions that, that were able to make it to Poland, to Hungary, to uh, Moldova and other places, Romania, uh, mm -hmm. people that were able to get out quickly, people that had a, a car, means of transportation, people who were well enough to stand in line right. for hours. Um, and of course, not everyone had access to that. And there are now millions of people displaced within Ukraine. Um, and he describes what life is like in the Carpathians as they're trying to uh, take care of the eternally displaced who've shown up there. Yeah, let's take a listen to that. This is Yuri Bukunevitz, Bukunevitz from the Hudaki Village Band. Hello, everybody. Good evening. This is Yuri speaking from Hudaki Village Band in uh, Ukraine. Thank you 
thank you for uh, the opportunity opportunity to let me send you some uh, message from our country with this uh, attack actually from uh, Russia from Mr. Putin and uh, actually I, we uh, with Hudaki we are in a region in the, the Carpathians which is uh, by chance not not in in war because we are very far from Russian border but of course we are extremely concerned and we are working day and night to help uh, refugees from our brothers and sisters who come from Kiev or Kharkiv and other regions from the east uh, they are fleeing and uh, you know uh, two millions already left Ukraine but I think uh, in my mind more than two millions are also in these western regions and uh, in every house of uh, our musicians, every and other house, uh, people, the houses are full of people, the relatives, uh, parents from them, or uh, friends, just some other persons, women with children, elder people. Uh, so, uh, yes, this is our life now. School, every uh, public life is shut down, and uh, just we... Uh, we try to be very busy and occupied, not to not to cry, not to be sad, but be active and react. But I am sure, and my friends here in Ukraine are sure, that uh, Putin will not win this war. So stay with Ukraine, please stay with Ukraine. Wow. It's such a powerful thing to be able to hear the voice of someone of a, in a musician and but really to hear a voice of someone who's over there and who's really speaking like from the ground you know ground zero kind of of what's going on and what how many people are displaced just within the country itself yeah and, he told me in, yeah sorry oh yeah go ahead he told me in his village which is so i think only had about two thousand and some before the war there's 800 internally displaced refugees in this small village and that in the first few months of the war of course you can imagine the situation right the country's being bombed you're oh, yeah. a musician they haven't been able to play any music so maybe we can um, play some of their music this is a, a romani song from ukraine called uh, dana Mayadana. yes That was a party song. They're really something. Yeah. uh, One of the things um, that Yuri was telling me, and almost any Ukrainian musician, is that when they look at their music videos from 
just a few months ago before the war started. Yeah. And when they listen to their music, uh, it almost feels like it's something from another planet, another lifetime. Mm -hmm. Because I can't imagine this joy. And it sort of takes us to the next uh, band I wanted to play. It's a group called Perkalaba. And their music mixes folk and ska and punk. And it's so hard to imagine that just a few months ago in February of 2022 and before, people were going out in Kiev and in Kharkiv and all these cities and dancing to music like this. And yeah. as, as Yuri Bukovina says, this just seems like it's from another lifetime. They can't imagine going back. And that's just so heartbreaking. It is. It's it's and what he said in his his voice clip when he was talking about the um, how, you know, they instead of being sad and instead of, you know, kind of becoming, yeah, discouraged, they want to, um, you know, be active and respond and do what they can. Um, and it sounds like a lot of musicians are doing benefit concerts and just through what they can do um, and still even performing this guest that we had uh, last month, Uliana Machneva, talked about how she has friends who are performing in underground like bunkers, basically, for people just to uplift their spirits. I think it's such a testament to the spirit, the strong spirit and like willingness and the drive for the Ukrainian people to rise above their current situation and fight against what is happening to their country. So maybe to introduce the next song, um, I got to speak recently with Yuri Gershi. Yeah. He's a DJ and music producer and writer who grew up in Kharkiv and actually recently recorded an album there right before the war started. And he now lives in Berlin. And he's the one who introduced me to Perkalaba. And he, he, you know, he perfectly describes what this band uh, was like. And when you listen to both the music and him describing them, keep in mind that this was what music was like just a few months ago before the war yeah Perkalaba was a band from Ivano-Frankivsk this first lineup that recorded a couple of albums it was just so different from anything else I've ever heard and uh, different from anything else in Ukraine because this was a very special breed of folk from this particular region of Ukraine they had symbol on, on stage and it worked. I mean, music-wise, it, it reminded me of the grunge bands because it, it was so full of contrast. Well, not in terms of having the distorted guitars. There was less of that uh, with Perkalab, although you never could never know what they come up with next. And uh, they were known for extremely energetic live performances. Like, I remember they took Berlin by storm first time they were here. You really had a feeling people who stayed in a cage for a year and this is their first night out it was really really crazy it was like a punk rock gig without music being punk rock wow i'm excited to hear this track so this is Perk this is the band perkalaba and their track bisuni Зібрались ми з пісцю нами, стояли, любили, 
That is a, it's a really cool, it'd be a cool band to see live, like very dynamic with the horns and everything. Um, Dan, you there? And that line oh, yeah. that uh, Yuri Gershi said, yeah. it seemed like men who'd been locked in a cage. <laughs> and what kind of shows did they put on so full of energy. And to yeah. just imagine, right, that this was what life was like not very long ago. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, and as Yuri Bakovin had said, it, it seems like another world. And it, you can't think otherwise when you see these horrific images on TV of cities being bombed, apartments being leveled to the ground, even small villages being destroyed. Oh, absolutely. Um, it really, it paints, it's an eerie time stamp of what is happening and unf- how, what has unfolded over the last, you know, six months, four months, and what life was before and, and is now. I, I think it, I can't imagine. Yeah, it's just I think of like a timestamp in a way, this music and the music that's being written now by musicians who are enduring what is happening is also going to be in a way, uh, a, you know, a record of what's going on in their experience. Um, tell me a little bit about this Yiddish Glory project that you have been working on, have worked on. And in a way, it's tragically taken on a different sort of resonance. Yeah. Um, the Yiddish Glory Project was called that at the time, um, but the project began in the 1940s by an ethnomusicologist from Kiev named Moisei Beragovsky. And he collected music from Holocaust survivors and, and victims at the time, um, people during the war were sending him songs and as towns were being liberated he would go and speak with survivors to learn their songs and in many many cases uh, amateur musicians used music uh, to compose a, a record of the horrors that saw that they witnessed um, it was just sort of a way to process these unimaginable horrors and the unimaginable, unimaginable violence that they were experiencing. Now, these songs were thought lost to history because shortly after World War II, uh, during Stalin's anti-Jewish purges, Beragovsky was arrested. He was sent to the Gulag. His work was confiscated, and he died thinking all of this was lost to history and after the soviet union broke up the collection resurfaced 
in a former Soviet archive in Kiev, in the Vernadsky National Library. And mm -hmm. Professor Anna Sternschis is the one who spearheaded this project, bringing uh, these songs back to life as music rather than just giving a, an academic paper at a conference. And she thought, well, when I found these songs, let's perform them as these amateur composers had intended. So I worked with her and an incredible team of musicians to bring these songs back to life. And the one we're about to hear um, is going to be from the group's next album. And it's about a young mother, it was written by a young mother in 1942 named Relly Bly, who was trying to put her baby to sleep in Ukraine during a war and a typhus epidemic. And when Professor Sternschuss from the University of Toronto found this song uh, in 2020, she told me, I hope that no mother ever has to sing a lullaby like this ever again. Yet here we are. So wow. let's hear her introduce the song. It's called Transnistrian Lullaby. Absolutely. Transnistrian Lullaby was written by a poet, a Jewish refugee named Reli Bly, who was imprisoned in Mogilov Podolsk ghetto between 1941 and 1944. It's a dark lullaby that does not really put the listener to sleep and instead informs that listener about the horrors that people live through in those ghettos, hardships, diseases, cold weather, brutality of police, and above all, proximity of death everywhere. It says, over picturesque Ukraine, we see death everywhere. And that was Anna is describing the background to which this song was composed. And this is Transnistrian Lullaby from the Yiddish Glory compilation. Thank you. 
So you recorded that with, you can tell, incredible musicians. It's amazing, though, to know that that song was written by a amateur, I mean, musician, just someone, you know, non-professional. Right. Yeah. Right, written by a young mother. Yeah. To put her baby to sleep. And um, we recorded that uh, during the pandemic, not knowing, of course, the events that would transpire in recent months. Uh, you mentioned the musicians, Rebecca Wolkstein, um, an amazing violinist who's originally from Madison, Wisconsin, who now lives in Toronto. Wow. Drew Jureka, who plays bandonian and also uh, is a quite accomplished violist and violinist. And if you read a lot of liner notes, he played on Dua Lipa's uh, Grammy Award-winning album last year. <laughs> what? And, <laughs> it's true. That's awesome. Robert Horvath <laughs> uh, from the Liszt Conservatory of Music is the pianist. And Joseph Phillips, uh, the primary double bassist for the uh, London, London, Ontario Symphony Orchestra is on double bass on that recording. Wow. I feel like each of these projects and these works that we're talking about could be an episode in themselves. And I hate to to move to just like, you know, talk so briefly about each one. However, um, that was that is incredible. And I encourage listeners to go and and listen to the complete works of Yiddish Glory and and all of the tracks and any of the albums from artists that we talk about today. And um, feel free to reach out over email, um, travelnotespodcast at gmail.com. We'd be happy to share more information resources for you. Um, so this next artist, a legend. Yeah, Arkady Gendler. Yes. Um, he was born in 1921. And lived until 2017. Mm-hmm. And it's an amazing Yiddish singer. And during World War II, he served in the Red Army that helped liberate Ukraine from the Nazis, real Nazis, only to discover that his entire family was murdered during the Holocaust mm-hmm. after he returned to, to Ukraine. Now, after the war, he worked as an engineer in Zaporozhye, that we've seen in the headlines when Russia attacked uh, Europe's largest nuclear power plant. But Arkady Gendler's passion was Yiddish music and became known as the living Alexandrine library of Yiddish songs. Now, keep in mind, 
before the Holocaust, before World War II, there were approximately a million Jews in the territory that is now Ukraine, that was then part of the Soviet Union. And an overwhelming majority of those were murdered by the Nazis during the Holocaust. Mm. Now, in addition to knowing all of the folk songs from the region, hundreds and hundreds, he composed music of his own. And the one we're going to hear next, this one just breaks my heart. It's called Kiver Shine, or The Lights of Kiev. Mm. And it's a love letter to the Ukrainian capital. And he just describes in verse how much he loves the city. He describes the architecture and the rivers and how he loves hearing all the different languages being spoken on university campuses and watching the beautiful sunsets and how when the sun rises in the morning in Kiev, the only ones still awake are lovers who stayed up to watch the sunrise the next morning over the beautiful architecture. And now when we see deserted streets and people forced to live in underground subway stations and now being used as bomb shelters, it's, it's, it's even more heartbreaking to hear him describe how much he loved that city. This is Kiever Shine by Arkady Gendler. Flamme, un 
menar farlipte gen var le menar ye metogan keng ona evdem hoy brek nadnep ana yezu nebagek language was he singing in yeah he's singing in yiddish okay because i i heard some words that sounded german like susamen and i was like but it's not german <laughs> i mean well, yeah a lot of the yiddish words are german um ah. it's approximately uh, i'm not a linguist but about three quarters german and with uh, a lot of slavic and some hebrew words but it is a germanic language so there you go wow he says do you mind if i read just um a brief uh quote from the lyrics mm. he his first um first verse says the sun it softly shines from the east down upon kiev spreading beams of life light across streets and into corners the air fills with sounds of the city and the sun rises even ever higher and joyful wisps of song soar from windows and rooftops. Wow. And it, uh, I don't know. It's a, it paints a totally, like we've been talking about this juxtaposition between the previous pre-war now, current war, and what's happening now, what Kiev looks like um, after. Right. And even just how a simple song about a city that someone loves is completely a different song now based on what's happened yeah um, now up next is another group who's had their entire repertoire changed daka Braka is probably the best known folk group from ukraine and for good reason and they were on tour in europe in february and returned to kiev on february 22nd and we know what happened two days later as bombs started falling across Ukraine when Russia invaded. And this quartet, it's a group of young parents, and they managed to travel by land to Hungary and have been on tour ever since in, in Europe and the United States. And like so many Ukrainian bands, the music that they're playing has changed completely with songs to honor those who's, those who've been killed, families that have been separated by this horrific war. Um, up next, we can play a little um, clip of um, them. I spoke with Marko Holonevich and um, their manager, Irina uh, Gorban. She translated, um, and they talked about this new Requiem, which it's a long piece, so we'll only get to hear part of it. Uh, this is a brand new piece that isn't on any of their records that they sent us, and this is what they're playing now, this Requiem for those killed during the war. Amazing. We of course, we change our program a lot because of these different meanings of the songs, and we don't have any possibility to have fun on the stage like it was. And we have in our program one song, we call it crying but it's requiem and we devote it to people who died of russian aggression and it's very sad but we need to to sing such kind of songs now Oh, 
That group is out of all the ones that you've you've shared. I really I found myself going into a hole with their music, just like down the rabbit hole listening and their videos. I mean, everything is so captivating. They the droning instrument. I don't know what do you know what instrument that is? You know, I'm not hearing as well through the headphones, but oh, um, yeah. they, they do have a, a, it could be the cello. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And with their harmonies, it was, yeah, well, really incredible track. Um, and if anyone's uh, in Europe, they're going to be playing at some of the major music festivals. It's quite remarkable. They're going to be at Glastonbury, you know, with the big rock bands. Um, they're going to be in Glastonbury. I think that's in July. Kind of amazing. Uh, yeah, no, they definitely, definitely encourage people to check out if you can see a live show, I would love to see a live show of theirs and um, their stuff online. They are coming out with lots of new stuff, especially right now to support and um, spread word about everything that's going on. So, in a, in a, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, in a way, the, the Dr. Brock and so many musicians are way, not just cultural ambassadors, but ambassadors for Ukraine talking about the music and the history and the culture and everything that is under threat right now because of the war. Uh, the next artist that we're going to hear is actually based in the U.S., Julian Katosti. He was born in Detroit and comes from a family of Bandura players, legendary Bandura players. And the Bandura is Ukraine's national instrument. It's an open-stringed harp lute, has no frets. And I recently got to speak with him, and uh, he's regarded as one of the masters of the instruments, you know, both in North America and Ukrainians in Ukraine uh, regard him as such. And here's a great little clip of him talking about that instrument and about its history. Hi, I'm Julian Katasti. I was born in Detroit and I'm a third-generation bandura player. I grew up in a family of players, my father and grandfather. I came to the United States as professional bandura players in 1949. Prior to that, they'd spent four years in displaced persons camps after World War II in Germany, waiting for a place that would take them. 
The bandura is an instrument that is native to Ukraine. In fact, to not a very large part of Ukraine, mostly central, eastern Ukraine. It's all open strings, so you're not fretting anything. And you have from uh, low basses all the way up, all the way up to the top. Its importance in Ukrainian culture, where it's considered pretty much a national instrument, comes from its association as an accompanying instrument with the blind singers, the kobzeri, who for hundreds of years were carriers of this very specifically Ukrainian epic tradition and view, not just of history, but of how people should live on that land. The kobzeri, they play a few chords. sort of half sing, half recite uh, uh, these stories over it. There's a fragment of an old epic song. Wow such a beautiful instrument and so here is a track by him it's called is it please correct me if my pronunciation is probably off homin stepiv homin stepiv or it means echo of the steps echo of the steps awesome. by julian kietzi
was Haman Stepif by Julian Catasti, Bandura legend and master. Um, and if you're just tuning in, this is Travel Notes, and we are OM Radio, Charleston's first and only community-supported radio station. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm on the air with Dan Rosenberg, Toronto-based journalist and music producer, and we are talking about and listening to music and musicians from Ukraine and uh, their experience of the current conflict. So that was a, quite a cinematic piece right there that just played. Um, it's, it's, and it's, it's actually from an ensemble of Bandura players. Uh, uh, if you can imagine, almost a mini Bandura orchestra. <laughs> that's cool. That's <laughs> it. Really, that's such a beautiful sounding instrument. Um, and I wish we, I wish we had more time to dive in more. We are almost out of time. We had one more artist that you shared, Mariana Sadovska. Probably pronounce that wrong. She, she's quite yeah. remarkable. She, uh, she was born in Lviv, Ukraine. She now lives in Cologne, Germany, and she learned most of her repertoire by traveling across Ukraine and learning songs from elderly women through oral history. And a lot of her album that we're gonna hear part of called Songs I Learned in Ukraine deals with wedding music. And one of the things that's most striking when you hear this compared to typical songs at a North American wedding is, is how somber it is. And if you read the lyrics, you kind of understand why. And you see how these are songs that deal with mixed emotions of parents worrying if their children are going to be happy in their marriage after leaving home because mm. in a traditional family the children live at home until they're married and they hope that they'll be happy but you just don't know and the songs deal with that and now as we see on youtube and social media we see other mixed emotions as young couples are still falling in love and getting married and being separated as the men head off to defend their country and the women are, you know, some of them flee, some of them are, are stuck uh, in cities, and we see the atrocities that are being committed. So these songs take on a completely different meaning. Um, maybe we can hear a little clip from Mariana Sadowska about what the life that she leads right now. And she's been traveling across Europe, and she says she's living in trains. Uh, wow. performing as many benefit concerts as she can get to in Europe and what life is like for Ukrainians trying to communicate with loved ones who are in cities that are being destroyed. This is Mariana Sadovska. Actually, since 2014, when the war in Ukraine started with annexation of Crimea and occupation of part of Donbass, I knew that I cannot be aside and I was uh, doing uh, everything what possible to help people, to support people. So I was gathering humanitarian help here in Germany and traveling to the front line and organizing benefits concerts there, singing for people there, uh, organizing workshops with the children's like musical therapy workshops. And for me, places like Mariupol, Volnovakha, Sumy, Ochtyrka, all these places which are now brutally murdered are places where I have people which, you know, it's not my family, but it is my family. I have a lot of friends there. I am waiting for, from some of them still to hear if they're alive. Basically, every day I'm like, living now in the train, I'm traveling from place to place around Europe and singing. I'm very thankful to all people, institutions, musicians, friends who are now reaching to me and inviting me and helping me to organize such event. And um, we will not stop doing it till we will win, till the light will win the darkness. Wow. Like, it's really amazing to have these voice notes. Um, you can tell it just recorded so raw from from where they're lo her in um, Europe and the other musicians, some of them um, in America, but then also in Ukraine. So here is a clip from Cycle of Wedding Songs by Mariana. Mm. 
such a beautiful beautiful voice that she has um and unfortunately we are running out of time but um dan thank you so much for taking the time to be on the air with us and share this music and the research and the stories behind the the songs and with the musicians that have written them we, i really appreciate it thank you so much for inviting me um I think it's a special opportunity to get to share, as you said, both the music and stories. And when we see these terrific images of cities and villages being bombed, and we hear what people are going through and the songs that they're singing, hopefully we can connect even more as no one should ever have to suffer like this and no one should have their culture and cities attacked. And hopefully, as we heard Mariana Sadowska say uh, in her message, that the light will win over the darkness absolutely absolutely well um dan where can people follow your work and listen to some your projects like some of the yiddish glory we listened to um today where can they find you um, online yeah danrosenberg.net the rough guide compilations are at uh, worldmusic.net yiddish glory um some of that music's on my website, danrosenberg.net, and also on yiddishglory.com, and of course, our YouTube channel. Amazing. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Oh, it's been my pleasure. And um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Ohm Radio and to Travel Notes. I hope this episode helped um, provide a different perspective and through the lens of the artists in Ukraine. And I hope you have a lovely rest of your evening. And thanks again for tuning in. Thank you.